Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. Minutes after each live stream is completed, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download of all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 118 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Tuesday, March 29th, 2022. One of the frustrating things for a lot of conservatives is trying to wrap our minds around the mindset of the totalitarians. For instance, those who seek to control our health care decisions. I mean, how are you going to defeat your enemy if you don't understand what motivates him? I've stumbled across a remarkable article that does exactly that, and I share it on today's episode of the Doc Washburn Show. But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, if you would like to support my campaign for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, and let's face it, the Republican nominee will be the governor of Arkansas, it's easy. Go to our website, electdocwashburn.com, and make a financial contribution there. We really appreciate your help on that. All right, I want to begin today with a remarkable article over at something called im1776.com. And the guy that wrote the article, Paracelsus, is a pseudonym of a U.S.-based practicing physician. Paracelsus's new book, First Do No Harm, is available now for pre-order. And man, oh man, what a writer this guy is. The article is entitled Irreversible. The Law of Unintended Consequences, Why Nature Always Finds a Way. And he begins with a quote from the, from the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Rome. Romans one twenty two. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Jesse Gelsinger seemed like the model American teenage boy. He loved motorcycles and watching professional wrestling. He attended high school while working part-time as a supermarket clerk, and he was beloved by his family. Yet Jesse had a medical condition that set him apart. It's called partial ornithine transcarbamylase deficiency, a rare genetic disorder that causes problems with protein metabolism. Fortunately, Jesse's disease was fairly mild, 
and for the most part controlled with a special diet and medications. Despite that, the offer to participate in a research trial to inject a corrected version of Jesse's faulty gene was too tempting to pass up. Jesse and his family traveled from Arizona across the country for the experimental procedure, led by Dr. James Wilson of the Institute for Human Gene Therapy at the University of Pennsylvania. Although Jesse's disease was mild, he was randomized to receive the highest dose of the gene delivered by an adenovirus vector, similar to how the Johnson & Johnson and AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccines work today. The therapy was injected directly into Jesse's hepatic artery, and he suffered a massive immune response to the foreign adenovirus vector, causing his organs to fail. He was declared dead four days later on September 17, 1999. Many of our feeble efforts to play God fall into one of two categories. Attempts at manipulating our own bodies or attempts to manipulate our external environment. Fueling both of these feeble efforts to play God is the mismatch between knowledge, which is absolute, and perception, which is relative and anchored in the bias of time. Our ruling class, now hear me, this is key, this is key. Our ruling class believes that their perception at any given moment in time is absolute knowledge. So, during the COVID-19 pandemic, new data became available on a daily basis, revealing that the the elites had no perspective on how time makes a mockery of what is considered up-to-date evidence. It took nearly 10 years for researchers to figure out that the 1918 influenza pandemic was caused by a virus and not a bacterium, as was initially thought. Rather than humble today's leaders into wondering what we will know about COVID-19 and COVID-19 vaccines in 10 years' time, the world descended into biomedical tyranny based on a set of assumptions later proven to be false. The pandemic response represents a continuation of decades of biomedical hubris. After the human genome was first sequenced in 2001, scientists and stock market analysts announced that the secret code to solving human disease had been unlocked. At that time, 98% of the human genome was considered junk DNA, since it did not code for a gene. Yet just 20 years later, we now know that so-called junk DNA actually plays an important role in regulating gene expression, as do non-DNA molecules inside and outside our cells, including mRNA sequences, the same type of genetic material injected by the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines. Rather than being the secret code to health and happiness, it turns out our DNA is more of a blueprint that other molecules riff off of like a jazz band. Having learned nothing from these revelations, we were assured that the mRNA from the Pfizer and Moderna COVID-19 vaccines would not integrate into human DNA. 
It turns out those vaccines may do that after all. And at that point, he links to an article over at a medical journal, MDPI, Intracellular Reverse Transcription of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 mRNA Vaccine in Vitro and Human Liver Cell Line. Oh, my. It may do that after all. But before the pandemic response, there's the origin of COVID-19 itself. Not understanding our own genome did not stop researchers in multiple countries from manipulating the genetic material of coronaviruses to make them more deadly. Even as a lab leak and other non-natural hypotheses of COVID-19's origins became more widely accepted, there still is a matter of the numerous biolabs around the world conducting clandestine operations in developed and undeveloped countries, as if the risk-reward balance of those operations wasn't clear enough. After the emergence of COVID-19, a war is now being fought in Ukraine amidst dozens of biolabs that contain some of the deadliest pathogens known to man. Yet there's no reassessment of this cargo cult-like operating model, and the medical establishment continues in its quest to fight nature on multiple fronts. Central to that fight is the manipulation of hormones. Estrogen therapy was prescribed to women experiencing menopause to fight symptoms of a natural aging process. Doctors, however, did not consider how female reproductive organs would respond to increased amounts of a hormone that the body was naturally trying to decrease. Menopausal women who took systemic estrogen therapy have an increased risk of bre- have an increased risk of breast, ovarian and endometrial cancers. Likewise, testosterone replacement therapy tempts many men today. And in some short-term cases, is a much-needed therapy. But long-term testosterone replacement therapy can result in an inability to wean off of it as it signals to men's testicles that they do not need to produce testosterone anymore. Testosterone replacement therapy also carries other potential risks for cardiovascular disease and prostate cancer. There are other ways to boost testosterone, like decreasing stress, improving sleep quality, and avoiding environmental and agricultural contaminants. Ironically, those last two, environmental and agricultural contaminants, also stem from man's manipulation of nature. Despite all this, in a clear example of the medical establishment's failing forward and working in concert with elites who use chaos as a strategy for greater societal control, we now see puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones administered to children experiencing gender dysphoria. The hasty use of hormone blockers and cross-sex hormones in developing young bodies is the most egregious attempt today to override nature with pharmaceuticals, demonstrating that the rush to fix 
these children's gender is rooted in socio-political goals and not science. Our two research studies commissioned by the Transgender-Friendly National Health Service, NHS, over in the United Kingdom. One found that puberty blockers did not alleviate symptoms of gender dysphoria, and the other study concluded that any benefits of cross-sex hormonal therapy must be weighed against the long-term consequences of exogenous hormones. Now, absent in any discussion on pharmacologic therapy for children with gender dysphoria are the lessons learned from estrogen therapy for menopausal women and testosterone replacement therapy for men, as well as any acknowledgement that there is no date, pardon me, that there's no data on the long-term consequences of hormonal therapy in, in and pubescent and even prepubescent children. To paraphrase the truest thing Donald Rumsfeld ever said, there are known unknowns and unknown unknowns. The most gender-affirming approach, in other words, would be for the adults in the room to admit what they don't know. Yet to admit that we don't fully understand our own bodies, particularly the complex interplay of hormones, runs contrary to the prevailing attitude of absolute knowledge. Even in an area where scientists admit our knowledge is incomplete, there are particularly vigorous attempts to engineer perfection and progress. Love him or hate him, Elon Musk wants you to want wants you to want Neuralink implanted inside your brain, whose promised benefits include drawing pictures with your mind and potentially curing Alzheimer's disease. While some brain implants do help patients with intractable seizures, those interested in Naturalink should read a cautionary tale about eye implants from patients suffering from a genetic disease that causes blindness. A company called Second Sight manufactured a retinal implant that literally gave eyesight back to patients with retinitis pigmentosa, but when the company ran into Financial trouble. Uh oh. Those with the implant found themselves without technical support for device malfunction malfunctions, and in some cases, devices were simply switched off. Cruelly given the gift of sight and then plunged back into darkness, patients of the Second Sight Company were presented with the following options: keep the useless implant have it removed surgically at their own risk, or upgrade to a new implant that goes directly in the brain. Our treatment of the environment is no better. Cloud seeding sprays chemicals in the air, including silver iodide, to produce rain. Interestingly, the scientists who discovered silver iodide could be used for cloud seeding was a fellow named Dr. Bernard Vonnegut, the brother of science fiction author Kurt Vonnegut Jr. Although the data suggests that cloud seeding doesn't work that well, many drought-prone countries and states in the U.S. are happily spraying chemicals in the air without regard to the potential effects on humans, animals, and crops. In fact, silver iodide may, ca- may cause permanent skin discoloration, lung damage, seizures, and other ill health effects. Yet in the debate between cloud seeding and concerns about silver iodide, 
Stating the known medical risks of silver is considered fringe science, as opposed to the debatable efficacy of cloud seeding. In a brilliant psyop, unless you're advocating for the half-baked futuristic technology seemingly straight out of a science fiction book or movie, you're on the fringe. Making it rain isn't enough, though, as we now have geoengineering to combat climate change. Proposals seeking government and foundation funding include everything from reflecting sunlight back into space to seeding the, the ocean with iron to outright blocking the sun. Now, that last proposal is funded by the Gates Foundation. which also recently released millions of genetically modified mosquitoes in Florida and California. Now, those mosquitoes have been engineered to be sterile for the purported goal of preventing mosquito-borne diseases like the dengue fever. While dengue is a terrible disease, mosquitoes also serve important ecologic functions like pollinating plants and eating algae to prevent toxic blooms. Having mosquitoes die out in two states like Florida and California with important agricultural industries seems like trading one problem for another. Even worse are technocratic attempts to reduce atmospheric carbon dioxide, which myopically ignore the fact that carbon dioxide is necessary for plant growth even the growth of the elite's favorite genetically modified organisms. Once one sees that mass geoengineering experiments are favorite causes of elites and their foundations, it's hard to not draw a connection to the goals of those advocating for a great reset. Sound familiar? It's a classic heads-I-win-tails-you-lose proposition. If geoengineering is successful, then the elites can give themselves awards next year at the next meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. If not, those who will suffer are the people who cannot afford to buy a remote island to flee from the ensuing disaster. Yes, there are circumstances which merit intervention, but always the wisdom of time bears fruit. For example, Aggressively treating early COVID-19 infection with ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine, old drugs, with decades of safety data from being given to millions of people, if not billions of patients. Contrast that reasonable pharmacologic intervention with the hasty administration of vaccines that work by a completely experimental mechanism under the premise of it's new so it will be better. This is not to say that we can't put our brains to work to better understand things like our environment and use that knowledge for good, as in the case of regenerative agriculture. But society simply cannot war game how cloud seeding will interact with genetically modified mosquitoes who are buzzing over water seeded with iron. Similarly, We've seen time and time again that so-called tabletop exercises cannot predict how our body will interact with a foreign substance, be it a drug or a device. Worshippers of the new 
science, religion cannot stop themselves from playing God. But their failure to appreciate that the human body and nature are so complex that our minds can never fully comprehend them stems from a lack of true religious belief. The real Paracelsus, a medieval physician, believed in an interplay between the mystic, the scientific, and the divine. One can work for better health and a better environment, but one must also realize there is some limit to what can be achieved through man's hands alone. Where that boundary lies is nebulous and cannot by its very nature ever be defined. Yet firm boundaries on a map are not needed, for suffice to say, we have likely overstepped the bounds of what science should be attempting in the past two years, and if not then, certainly overstepping it in what the ruling class is contemplating for us all now. And he links to an article from the World Economic Forum talking about the Great Reset, which says there is an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID-19 crisis to improve the state of the world. The World Economic Forum is starting the Great Reset Initiative. Well, as far as I'm concerned, the Great Reset, Reset Initiative can take a long walk off a short pier. Back to the article, Irreversible by Paracelsus. The broader societal push to manipulate or negate the natural course of life at best is a case of naive exuberance from midwit bureaucrats. At worst, from those really in charge, there is tacit acknowledgement of some individual's misfortunes, coupled with an evil ignorance of the possibility of a larger-scale catastrophe. To date, the sun still rises in the east and sets in the west, but at some point the cumulative effects of these follies will be felt on a grander scale. Imagine, for instance, if COVID-19 was deadlier, or some pet project will rankle a part of Mother Nature that contains a kill switch. Now, as many countries finally begin to ease their draconian COVID-19 restrictions, people en masse must reassert their autonomy and refuse to take part in any manipulation of their bodies. Thwarting biolabs and geoengineering plans is a tougher task as many of those projects are supranational and arrive unannounced in people's backyards. You know, I'm going to have to look up that word, supranational, not supranational, supranational. Huh. Let's see. Get a definition on this. Let's see, supranationalism, definition and meaning. The state or condition of transcending national boundaries, authority, or interests. So globalism, in other words, globalism. So, <clears throat> thwarting biolabs and geoengineering plans is a tougher task as many of those projects are global in nature and arrive 
unannounced in people's backyards. There are concrete suggestions for promoting things like healthy agriculture that combined with aggressive local politicking could result in communities better fortified against outside intervention. But what is needed most is a brutally honest assessment of our own thought patterns and those of our loved ones. The easiest path traveling via the fastest synapses and releasing bursts of dopamine is to go with a crowd, even if it's a cargo cult sponsored by Pfizer. The toughest mental path we must forge within ourselves and cultivate within our circles acknowledges the dire circumstances but remains relentlessly optimistic. But that optimism but that optimism is only possible if you decide that there will be no yielding under any circumstances. Jesse Gelsinger's death in 1999 at age 18 was a shock to both the public and to the scientists who had staked their entire careers on the prospects of gene therapy. Subsequent investigations revealed that other patients had suffered serious side effects, that monkeys who had been given the same treatment had died, and that Jesse didn't even meet the inclusion criteria for the trial. Absent in the press coverage of this terrible death, though, was a larger question of whether gene therapy should be attempted at all. Even broader than that, there was no debate, or in today's language, no conversation, about whether the gene therapy trial went beyond the scope of what we can and should manipulate within the human body. Time passed, and the outrage about Jesse Gelsinger's death faded, and today gene therapy research on humans continues unabated. Rather than accepting or even pondering our limited ability to manipulate nature, the societal trend is to embrace the newest technology or pharmaceutical that promises to beat nature at its own game. The developed world has taken the cargo cults to scale. It's as if the cult leaders leveraged their Pacific Island startup to receive Series B funding and are now eyeing an IPO. Yet Mother Nature always finds a way to assert her dominance over our laughable plans. The blowback we receive oftentimes is not severe when viewed in the larger context of the universe. However, on the scale of the individual human, nature's revenge for being disrespected is catastrophic and often irreversible. Now, that's a remarkable article. I very rarely read an article that long on the Doc Washburn Show, but it's just breathtaking in its scope, and it is remarkable. Again, the article's entitled Irreversible. It's written by a U.S.-based practicing physician who uses the pseudonym Paracelsus. And his new book, First Do No Harm, is available now for pre-order. The article is over at a website called im1776.com. I guess it's kind of like Substack. 
I don't know. It's the first time I've ever heard of it. But I stumbled across it on Twitter today, and I'm going, wait, wait, wait a minute. Whoa, wait a minute. i got to share this with my folks. Because this is just stunning. It is stunning. So anyway, I hope that... Um, I hope that you found it, uh, above all things, I hope that you found it um, edifying, you know? Because really, you know, we are up against it. You realize that. We are up against it. We're called to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And sometimes we're just not all that wise and we don't understand I say we don't understand why they act the way they do and why they do what they do. Well, a lot of it's intentional. A lot of it is quite intentional. And and I'm going to give you an example of that in a minute. But... um, First, let me tell you how delighted we are, how honored we are that we have advertisers that help us be able to do what we do. I'd like to mention a couple of them to you. If you tried to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage that you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they will drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website that puts you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still right here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Now, clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent if you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV. Order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door. No matter where you live in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com, you will be glad you did. All right, now, let me go back to a common theme on the Doc Washburn Show, and that is pushing back. Pushing back against the overreach of a tyrannical federal government. Now, you're like most Americans. Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? 
do your sky-high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes, any of these questions, the website you need to go to, it's called myfamilyhealthplan.com. When you click on myfamilyhealthplan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans, say 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. And then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule call now, you click the button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn, who makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage and also makes sure that your personalized health coverage does not force you to cover awful things like abortion, which will violate your deeply held religious beliefs. Again, myfamilyhealthplan.com, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big red button, schedule call now. You book a free consultation with Art Wilborn and make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. You'll be glad you did. All right. Now, having said that, I was talking about what they're doing is intentional, okay? Intentional. Uh, Jackie D'Angelis, correspondent for Fox Business Network, used to be on CNBC. Uh, She was on Tuesday on the Faulkner Focus, Harris Faulkner, on Fox News, and she was throwing down, it went something like this. Um, Rucci actually delivers home heating oil. You've seen the prices of that go up. You've seen prices at the pump go up. And so essentially what you're seeing in this proposed budget is more of this administration's um, anti-energy, anti-fossil fuel push, right? We're dealing with a crisis right now overseas that has sent, helped send prices up. Biden's inflationary issues have sent us up the first leg that, that uh, consumers saw. And instead of saying, drillers, we're going to subsidize you. We're going to incentivize you. We're going to step back and let markets regulate themselves and let business regulate itself, he's looking overseas to OPEC. He's looking at Qatar for natural gas um, and essentially saying, we're going to take away any of the looser regulations that President Trump gave you to have this industry hum along. And so this is also going to contribute to the problems that consumers are seeing and households are seeing, right? Some of their biggest uh, costs are food and energy. They like to strip that out when they look at inflation and those numbers are still even bad, Harris. So this is what I'm talking about. These are the contributing factors uh, that are going to take us down a very, very dangerous path. You can't take and keep taxing people to death where they feel like they have no future or it's not even worth going to work after a certain point. It's intentional. They're, um, They're doing it on purpose. And so I go back. I go back to um, the whole idea of the uh, 28th Amendment. The 28th Amendment. That my friends uh, Al Martin and uh, Dayton Myers are working on out of Hot Springs, Arkansas. The idea of recalling a president and vice president simultaneously. Yeah. 
I hope it's successful. I hope it's successful. So the assistant FBI director in charge of cyber crimes was testifying U.S. House Committee today. And uh, Matt Gates lit into him. And I'm glad he did. I'm glad he did. It went something like this. So where is it? The laptop. Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Is, has, has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country? Sir, the FBI cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir, that's an accurate statement. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Sir, it's, it's not in the purview of my investigative responsibilities. But, but that is shocking that, that you wouldn't, as the assistant director of cyber, know whether or not there are international business deals, kickbacks, shakedowns, that are on this laptop that would make the first family suspect to, to some sort of compromise. Mr. Assistant Director, have you assessed whether or not the first family is compromised as a result of the Hunter Biden laptop? Sir, as a representative of the FBI cyber program, it is not in the realm of my responsibilities to deal with the questions that you're asking me. Ha- has it- Just take it apart. Take it apart. You've got to dismantle it. The next Republican president has to dismantle the FBI. You are hearing overwhelming evidence that the Federal Bureau of Investigation of the United States of America is irredeemably corrupt. Irredeemably corrupt. Let me back it up a couple of seconds. I don't want to, you know, Gates was in the middle of uh, asking another question here. This is just as bad as it gets. To deal with the questions that you're asking me. Has anyone at FBI Cyber been asked to make assessments whether or not the laptop creates a point of vulnerability? Sir, we have multiple lines of investigative responsibility in the FBI. They're all available in public source. I would think you'd know this one. I mean, I would think that if the president's son, who does international business deals, referencing the now president with the Chinese, with Ukrainians. I mean, have you assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop gives Russia the ability to harm our country? Sir, again, we can do this back and forth for the next couple of minutes. I don't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop or the investigation. But should you? 
I mean, you're the assistant director of FBI Cyber. By my by the block and line chart, no, sir, I should not. Who should who should we put in that chair to ask questions about this laptop that FBI has had for three years? Sir, I'm not I'm I'm not in a position to make a recommendation who should say. So you don't have it, you don't know who has it, you don't know where it is. You're the assistant director. You know, earlier you talked about whether or not you were the Grant Hill or the Christian Leitner. It sounds like you're the Chris Weber trying to call a timeout when you don't have one. <laughs> So I mean, who is it? Do you even know who has it? Do you know who we should put in that chair to ask these questions to? No, sir, I don't know who has it. Well, it, could you find out and tell us? You're going to have to give us briefings, thanks to Mr. Lou and Mr. Massey's question, about whether or not the FBI was taking a $5 million test drive on the Pegasus system that was being used to target people in politics, people in government, people in the media, People in American life. So will you commit to give us a briefing as the assistant director of FBI Cyber as to where the laptop is, whether or not it's a point of vulnerability, whether or not the American people should wonder whether or not the first family is compromised? Sir, I'd be happy to take your request back to our office. Gosh, I mean, will you advocate for that briefing? As in, you, you will? I will be happy to take your request back to FBI headquarters. Well, will you, do you believe that that is a briefing that the Congress is is worthy of having, I guess? Sir, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm here to talk. The invitation, is that, is that sir, the invitation says oversight of the FBI's cyber division. It does not say anything. Well, well right, but I mean, this is, this is a cyber asset. This it's is a point a of asset. vulnerability. If there are passwords, if there are business deals, if there are references to things that could harm our country, like, you can't even sit here right now and say that you know that there's not a point of vulnerability. Maybe there are other crimes, maybe there are tax issues or whatever, but as it relates to our, I mean, it, is the first family sufficient cyber infrastructure to protect? You don't even know if they're compromised. Tell you what, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which I'm in possession of. I'm not. Hmm? There's no objection to that. So I, say, I can't say no objection. I've, ne- I've never had. I will object pending further uh, investigation. What's the basis of that objection? It's a unanimous consent request, and I object pending. Well, I have a subsequent question. Uh, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt. It may very well be. From the entered, Mac shop. It may very well be entered into the record after we look at it further. Very well, Mr. Chairman, uh, I, Mr. I have a subsequent unanimous consent. Second, unanimous oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt from the Department Mr. of Mr. Justice Chairman, this was to Ms. the Mac shop. Am I next? Or, without, or am I next? Without, or? Without, without objection. Irredeemably corrupt. Federal Bureau of Investigation is irredeemably corrupt. And, of course, the Democrat Party is. But I repeat myself. I repeat myself. So, Representative Matt Gates, um, on the tweet that contained the video that you just heard the audio of, said FBI cyber chief can't find Hunter Biden's laptop so where is it? But no, 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 stop. Buzz Patterson, former congressional candidate and Air Force pilot, 
the guy who carried around the uh, nuclear football for Bill Clinton for a couple of years, said, of course they can't find Hunter Biden's laptop. They filed it in the same folder as Hillary's emails and destroyed Blackberries. The FBI is irredeemably corrupt. The next Republican president must dismantle it. Tooth and nail must dismantle it. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. It has acted as basically a secret police for the Democrat power structure for many years. For many years. It must be dismantled. Oh, wait. What's this over in American greatness? Deborah Hine. Matt Gates enters Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. So he was allowed to? Okay, wait, 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 wait. Later on, he requested unanimous consent to enter the contents of the laptop into the congressional record. After receiving pushback initially from Democrats, the request was accepted. 11.34 a.m., March 29, 2022, he says, Moments ago, I successfully entered the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record, subpoena Hunter Biden. Also on Tuesday, Matt Gates introduced a House resolution to strip security clearances from the 51 intelligence officials that signed a letter declaring the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation shortly after the sto- story broke in October 2020. Legislation is dubbed the Spook Who Cried Wolf Resolution. It states that the 51 signatories of the letter who publicly and falsely decried Hunter Biden's laptop to be Russian disinformation should be barred from holding any level of security clearances indefinitely. Amen. In a series of exclusive news articles, in case you forgot, the New York Post in October 2020 reported on a scandalous trove of emails between Hunter Biden and his business associates that were found on a laptop that was abandoned in a Delaware computer repair shop. And it goes on and on and on. Oh, there's not much more. One particularly damning email in the New York Post, October 14, 2020 report shows Hunter Biden had introduced his father, then vice president for Obama, to a top executive at Burisma Holdings, a notoriously corrupt energy firm where Hunter sat on the board. A year later, Joe Biden called for the ouster of a top Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating corruption at Burisma, including corruption involving his son. Joe Biden has repeatedly denied knowing anything about Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine. Within days, corrupt partisans in the bureaucracy produced a letter signed by more than 50 intelligence officials who stated that the stories could be Russian disinformation. They based their assessment on their experience as intel professionals after falling dormant 
Following the 2020 election, the scandal was revived earlier this month when the New York Times confirmed that the emails on the device are authentic. Before the election, the New York Times dismissed the stories, Russian disinformation based on the disinformation the corrupt spooks put out. Republican senators on Monday released bank documents showing wire transfers from a communist Chinese government front group directly into Hunter Biden's bank account. The spook who cried wolf resolution is co-sponsored by U.S. Representatives Andy Biggs, Arizona, Dan Bishop, North Carolina, Louis Gomer, Texas, Paul Gosar, Arizona, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia, Thomas Massey, Kentucky. Text of the full resolution could be found here. Let's let's uh, click the link. Now, do you notice anybody missing from the list of people spot, co-sponsoring the spook who cried wolf resolution? Do you notice anyone missing? How about all of the U.S. representatives from the state of Arkansas? from the state of Mississippi. All but one from Texas, the only one from Texas on there is Louis Gohmert. It's a crying shame. Most of the people in Congress don't want to know. They don't want to know. And it is an outrage. Yes, senators released receipts showing direct payments from foreign oligarchs to Hunter Biden. Shortly after, the New York Times quietly admitted Hunter Biden's laptop is legitimate, even though it was smeared as disinformation to protect then candidate Joe Biden during the 2020 election. Republican senators Chuck Grassley, Iowa, Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, released bombshell receipts showing Hunter received payments from foreign oligarchs to further reveal the extent to which President Biden might be and almost certainly is compromised. According to the documents, obtained by the senator's energy company, CEFC, an arm of the Chinese government, paid Wells Fargo Clearing Services $100,000 and designated further credit to Owasco, Hunter Biden's firm. Now, Charles Grassley said on the Senate floor on Monday, there's no middleman in this transaction. This is $100,000 from what is effectively an arm of the communist Chinese government directed at Hunter Biden. Liberal media, my Democrat colleagues, is this official bank document Russian disinformation? He said bank records like this piece of evidence are pretty hard to deny and sweep under the rug. Our reports were chocked full of irrefutable evidence like this, and yet the media buried these details in an attempt to keep it hidden from the American people. That's what Ron Johnson had his testimony. Senators Grassley and Johnson had previously established that Hunter was financially involved with Communist Chinese Party oligarchs such as Gong Wendong and Mervyn Yan using information obtained by the Obama administration, interviews with government officials, and bank documents signed by all of the suspected parties. Oh, my. Hunter had also reportedly admitted to representing the Communist Chinese Party Spy Chief Patrick Ho, quote, who started the company that my partner, who's worth $323 billion, founded and is now missing, 
Remember hearing that tape? Grassley said the new receipt is just a cherry on top of the Biden family's anticipated corruption and a preview of more evidence to come. Grassley explained Hunter Biden and James Biden, Joe's brother, serves as the perfect vehicle by which the communist Chinese government could, could gain inroads here in the United States through CEFC and its affiliates. And these inroads were focused on China's advancement into the global and U.S. energy sector. Hunter and James Biden were more than happy to go along for the right price. The Republicans both hinted at future speeches documenting more high-dollar transactions between CEFC, Northern International Capital, Hudson West 3, Hunter Biden's Owasco, and James Biden's Lion Hall Group, but noted that their efforts to uncover the Biden family's foreign business dealings have been stifled by the corrupt corporate media, big tech, and Democrats who don't want compromising information about Biden's family released. Ron Johnson said senior Democrats and liberal media cooperated to smear me and Senator Grassley with false accusations of receiving and spreading Russian disinformation. They created documents, leaked them, asked for briefings, and leaked those too. And then they themselves disseminated Russian disinformation. Fortunately, they failed to discredit our investigation because we stayed true to government records. We stayed true to the facts and the evidence. Remarkable, isn't it? I, uh, I will continue. As long as the Lord gives me breath, I'll continue trying to get the truth out. I certainly will. And if you elect me governor of the state of Arkansas, I'll have a bigger bully pulpit as governor of a sovereign state than I have doing the podcast. But in the meantime, we're so thankful to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. First of all, my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Justin is a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer. Founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations, and he has really helped me out in the three automobile accidents I've had in the last three years. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year, and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will Take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justice team means to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck or in the job or you a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, it's here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit justinmintonlaw.com today. All right, now, if you're having some health issues, I might be able to help you. If you have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Okay, now look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? 
Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Do you lean to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines and neck pain. Okay, listen, this is how it works. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's real easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system, your circulatory system, reproductive system, digestive system, and yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, even problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center at 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Or if you're outside central Arkansas, you can certainly go to their website, turnmypoweron.com. Click on the tab that says find a doctor near you. And you know, I certainly hope there is one. I certainly hope there is one. All right. A um, lot of stuff to talk about. Is anybody going to the... Um, to the Charlie Kirk appearance, Charlie Kirk and Allie Beth Stuckey are going to be at University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. Um, That is going to be Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. Okay, what is is the name of this... uh, this nationwide tour they're doing. Let me uh, let me grab the uh, the calendar really quickly. Yeah, the Educate Don't Mandate tour, and they're going to be University of Arkansas, seven o'clock Wednesday evening, March thirtieth. I hope to see you out there. Yeah, we were going to fly up there, but the weather's going to be really bad, so it looks like we're going to be uh, driving up there. Anyway. Just thought I would invite you to that. Um, a lot of stuff coming up, as a matter of fact. A lot of stuff coming up. Faulkner County Meet the Candidates Chili Cook-Off. Saturday at 5.30. Um, Friday evening at 6.30. The Medical Freedom Town Hall. At the Community Center. Fair Park Community Center in Hope, Arkansas. Okay. Also, coming up Thursday, Thursday afternoon at 3, I'll be speaking to the primary candidate forum, Hot Springs Village uh, Republican Women, uh, the Coronado Community Center. And then again, Wednesday evening, 7 o'clock, I'll be at the uh, Charlie Kirk, Allie Beth Stuckey, Educate Don't Mandate Tour, University of Arkansas, Fayetteville. All right. All that having been said, um, 
You know, the idea of the tweet of the day was supposed to, I, I think we wanted to do a, a funny one every day, but every once in a while there's, there's one that's pretty serious that we feel like we need to share with you. So, I was going to say without any further ado, but I don't have it ready. What a revolting development. It happens when I hate that. All right, well, in that case, let's get it ready. All right, Brian, hit it. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. All right, thank you, Brian. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, RedRiverYourWay.com, big old car dealership in the middle of the USA, the Belize and Freedom, including freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online, have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States of America. Okay, former NFL and Major League Baseball star Deion Sanders. Remember him? He played baseball and football simultaneously. Remember that? He played baseball for the Braves. He played football for the Falcons, the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Redskins, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Oh, not just the Braves, the Yankees, the Braves, the Reds, the Giants. Anyway, um, Deion Sanders is having some uh, serious health issues. Be a really good idea to pray for Deion Sanders. The folks at Barstool Sports put this video up. Deion Sanders, former NFL and Major League Baseball star, pushed the vaccine agenda heavily. He just had two of his toes amputated because of three major blood clots. This is uh, this is so sad. All right, so here uh, looks like he's speaking and his wife is speaking. So let me turn this up, and we'll see what's going on here. Final procedure: the amputation of uh, his big toe and his second toe which was very emotional. Says viewer discretion advised graphic content. So sad. Got him in a hospital bed there. And they're working on it. It's pretty good. And it looks a little scary, but it looks good. Though. Uh, okay, what we're going to do now? Do you want to look? 
the hardest thing of, of it all was to look down there and, and see that and understand, you know, once upon a time, he was this type of athlete and, and this, you don't even know if you're going to walk because all you feel is pain and you just want to get out of this hospital. You just want to get out. This is your, this is the skin graft. You can see this. The little holes are going to fill in as you start to heal. So it's already starting to heal, so it's all stuck down. So as it heals, it's going to fill up. Wow. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Um, and so sad. And you know, people like Fauci, they continue to lie to us. They continue to lie to us. It's um, it's a shame because it didn't have to be. Now, there's a teacher on MSNBC worrying. Teacher in Florida, kindergarten teacher in Florida, worrying that he can't discuss his love life with kindergartners anymore. Now that the bill has passed that you can't talk about sex and gender to pre-K through third graders. What kind of freak? What kind of freak doesn't understand it's inappropriate to talk about your love life with kindergartners? I'm not making this up. MSNBC. Here's the freak. Yeah, you know, it's twofold. It really hits hard um, in my heart professionally and uh, personally both. Uh, professionally, it, it truly makes me feel like um, I am not trusted as a professional. Um, I know my... Well, you sure aren't. ...kindergarten standards through and through, and um, nowhere in our curriculum does it have anything about um, teaching sexual orientation or sexual identity. Um, so for them to, to say that, that, that that's happening, um, it, you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, but... Uh, we should be able to have discussions, and, and that's what we're encouraged to do in kindergarten. And then personally, because, um, you know, my, my kids do have questions. They want to know who the, uh, my partner is in pictures yeah. outside of my classroom, and I should be able to speak to that. So, so do you worry that you won't even be able to talk about your own personal home life? I mean, I, I have a child in kindergarten right now. I know exactly that my, my child has two teachers, one of which has a daughter at home um, and is single. The other is married and has four children. I, I know everything about their lives because my kid tells me. Absolutely. Absolutely. You are 100% correct. I'm not complaining more of this garbage. They're freaks. And it's child abuse. Why is a grown man telling five-year-olds about his love life? It freaks, it's child abuse, and the law was passed to try to keep people like this guy from grooming little kids. I mean, 
Did did you know anything about the romantic life of your teachers when you were in school? Come on, man. This is ridiculous. Ab-so-freaking-lutely ridiculous. I don't think that's a word. Sorry, I'm tired. I don't get much sleep these days, but I have no complaints. No complaints. I was in Mountain Home, Arkansas, with the Ozark Patriots. Monday night, Tuesday night, talked to the Moms for Liberty, Pulaski County at the um, American Pie Pizza in North Little Rock. I'm just so blessed, so humbled, so honored that all these folks want to hear what I have to say. Sarah's got money, but I got a message, and those are two different things. Two different things. Oh, and and thank you, the Arkansas Farm Bureau, for allowing me to uh, get my message out with them today. It was so funny. I I thought I was going to go in there. They're going to interview me, ask me some questions. They're like, no, you got 12 minutes to say what you want to say. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Twelve minutes to say what you want to say. Cool. Thank you very much. So um so I did. And uh I guess that's gonna be on their website at some point. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. They couldn't have been nicer. Could have been nicer. So, um, yeah, that was neat. We're going all over the place. And, you know, anywhere in this state, somebody wants me to come talk. If we don't already have an obligation for that day, I'll come talk to you. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's uh, one of the bigger cities in the state like uh, Little Rock metro area, northwest Arkansas metro area, Jonesboro metro area, or the smallest county in population in the state. If I don't have something already scheduled on that day, I'll come talk to you. And I, uh, I appreciate all y'all. Okay, having said all that, you've been listening to episode 118 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible. Directed by Mick Messy, this has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier X. And that's the way it is, Wednesday, March 30th, 2022.